This week's episode of To The Top Talk is brought to you by CollegeSportsUnfiltered.com. Talking Southern Miss athletics with some pretty knowledgeable Southern Miss fans. Great place to go, unvarnished, unfiltered. You won't have to sift through the propaganda. Southern Miss fans, check it out. College Sports unfiltered.com. Hey, it's Frank Caliendo, and I'll be back in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Yes, Miss- I should have fixed this. Hattiesburg, Mississippi, uh, for the fourth annual Last for Life comedic event. Mississippi, of course, home of Morgan Freeman and Brett Favre. August 2nd, might have said that already, and we'll see you there. Hakuna Potato. You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Every day, anything we do is Southern Miss to the top. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington and Jason Bailey. I'm Jamie Arrington. He's Jason Bailey. Take it away, Jason. Greetings and salutations, man. I uh, forgot to say that last week. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, nice to be back, man. Good to be back in the uh, good to be back on the pod and um, lots of lots of great things going on right now in uh, Golden Eagle Nation. Maybe you should mess it up again. It's been such a good week. Goodness gracious. I'll mess it up every week. If this is your first time listening, we are here to give you a break from all of the High Resource 5 propaganda in the mainstream sports media to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. All right, so we got a lot to talk about. Uh, we have a new head basketball coach, and we had a little Pete Taylor Park magic. But before we get to that, we've been talking about this for a while now, and yesterday was the vote for the 1% tax. This is going towards... Uh, Half of it's going towards parks and recreation in Hattiesburg. The other half going towards Reed Green Coliseum. Not the best voter turnout yesterday, but the end result was terrific. So um, this is not including the absentee votes, but there, I don't think there were enough to make a difference. Voting yes for the proposal, 2,574 versus no, which was 611. So that's 81% for. You only needed 60% for it to pass. So it passes. I believe it goes into effect on June 1st. There's going to be an extra 1% on hotel and restaurant in the Hub City to help front fund this project. Jason, what are your thoughts? Well, it's about time, you know. And we've been we've been listening. Well, we've been listening to Toby and anybody involved with government talk about this for quite a while. And uh, and it's I know that it's obviously most people want it because it went to the vote, but. Um, it's one of those things that I really failed to see the downside. You know, um, it, there's so much that can be gained and really not a lot coming out of our pockets. Um, I, I can't understand somebody griping about a penny. <laughs> it's the craziest thing. If you go to a restaurant, you know, and you spend a hundred bucks, what is that like one more dollar? Um, and obviously the hotel is not going to affect anybody around here, but I'm glad it passed. Uh, I'm glad that half of it's going to read green. And don't get me wrong, the school's still going to have to do their part. Um, I think the numbers you probably got them in front of you. I think the numbers uh, say approximately 2.4 million per year running through uh, 2022. So you cut that in half, it's going to be 1.2. Is, right. Is the so estimate. 1.2. You know, if anybody remembers Bill McGillis's plan that 
<clears throat> seems like kind of like a pipe dream, but you know it, th- those renditions that he put out of the renovations that he would like to see made at Reed Green Coliseum. I think it was like a forty million dollar tab. So this one point two for the next uh, three years is obviously not going to cover that. But what can we do with that one point two? You know specifically um, earmarked for Reed Green. Um, really ought to be really ought to be substantial. I mean. Anybody who goes to the games, I mean, let's just, we've been saying it for years, but, um, more chairbacks, just mat, I'd like to see them match both, both sides of it, uh, and better lighting. I think those are the two kind of huge ones. Um, then outside of that, you can just start anywhere. <laughs> uh, but bathrooms, concession stands, the entire concourse, do something with that joke of a, of a trophy cabinet that we have. But you can really start somewhere, and it's nice to have uh, a big pile of cash with which to start. Absolutely. And one of the things they mentioned, and one of the things that this is kind of tied into, is the city um, is, is hoping to use Reed Green for, for concerts and events and the like as well. So you would probably need to expand one of those tunnels so that um, equipment can be brought in for like a, a concert or something. So. Yeah, there's a lot of things that need to be done, and it's going to be kind of a pick your poison type of thing. I think the uh, the the McGillis plan of 40 mil is probably a little a little uh, above what we're going to be able to do. With the and I know this is something this is a whole nother can of worms. The only way we would probably be able to do something like that is if the state allowed us to sell the naming rights. That would be the only thing that could open that up. Uh, hell, sell beer and it it would put a dent. That would be nice. Sure. You know, I, I hate to see what a beer is going to cost because the Coke's running me about eight bucks. <laughs> but um, but it's the same way. You go to Superdome, you're going to pay a lot. I get it. But anything to pump money into it, and it, I know we'll probably get to this in a little bit. But it sounds like there's going to be a lot more people sitting around us at Reed Green, so that's going to help also. And you know, there's a lot of momentum going right now. And um, and I'm this this was a this was a huge part of it. Like I, I'd hate to hear the conversation that we were having uh, if it had not passed. We might have just skipped this week. Yeah, absolutely. But I would expect to hear, you know, I, we haven't heard anything from the administration yet on this. I would expect to hear something soon. Uh, but again, not really sure what the plans are, but I'm, but I'm, I'm certain that they are working on getting them together at this point. So really exciting for the city of Hattiesburg. Is there a, do you have any idea when we're able to start collecting? June 1st, I believe. June 1st. Okay. Well, cool. About a month away. Yeah, about a month away. You know, you talk about the tax, and and I get – I think there are just some people that are triggered by the word tax. And if you really look into this, like, you know, my dad's been in the hotel business for decades, and I was talking with him about it last night, and he's like, I've never had a single person come and complain about a tax on a hotel. It's just like a given that it's going to be out there. Um I, I understand people that have concerns, but at the same time, if you really, really dig deep into this, this could alleviate uh, the people that live in the city of Hattiesburg. It could help with uh, our property taxes not going up, or not going up as much, because I think it's a necessary evil in a lot of ways. I'm not getting all this, but you sure. know, there, there's there's going to be some things that this is going to open up for the city and allow funding to be shifted from uh, from other places. You can't do a, a bond issue for road repair. You know, there has to be. Uh, I forgot the, the given circumstances with it. I'm not this. I'm not really, you know, this political guru. But uh, 
this is this is good for the people in the side the city of Hattiesburg in a lot of ways. And uh really excited this past. We've been talking about this for years and it's always been something you never really thought was possible uh given what happened in the two two thousand four bond vote. But pretty excited for Hattiesburg. It's it's amazing to have a city council and a mayor that uh, want to get things like this done. And and, and it's it's not it, like um other cities do it. Bigger cities do it. I'm 42 years old. And there's been three baseball fields built in the city of Atlanta. Do you know how many the Braves have paid for? I'm guessing zero. Zero. You know, and I'm sure that's not just a penny tax. So let's. I mean, and and I'm not tax guy. We've talked about that before. I'm not tax guy. I don't think anybody's tax guy, but you know, this is the time that you put it to a vote and you see what everybody says. So everybody obviously voted for it, and and and, and, and you know, I think that they'll all be happy with it. And probably, and I seriously doubt that the naysayers will notice any money coming out of their paycheck, right? I mean, I I, I don't I don't I don't think the ten dollars you're going to spend at McDonald's, um, that one extra was that ten extra cents is really going to affect you a whole lot. And if it does, you know. There's Highway 49. <laughs> Hit it. Enjoy wards. That's what I say. <laughs> enjoy the Catfish House. Enjoy Key Superstore. All right. <laughs> so last week's episode, one of our, our top three listened to episodes of all time. Of course, we were breaking down the head basketball coach search. Now, that comes out the next day. It's like a lot of the news changes. <laughs> <laughs> and there was one name thrown in the mix, Billy Kennedy, that I debated on putting on the show last week, and I didn't do it. And I was like, "Oh crap! If if he gets it, and we didn't have him on there, that's just so." But but luckily, he did not come to fruition. Um, so we have a new ba- basketball coach. His name is Jay Ladner. I'm sure most anybody who's familiar with Southern Miss is familiar with Jay Ladner, formerly the head coach of Southeastern Louisiana. Uh, before that, he was the head coach of Jones Junior College, as well as St. Stanislaus and Oak Grove High Schools. So there was some, there was some chatter from both sides on this. There were some people that, um, you know, there were, there were more experienced candidates and then there was a lot of people that just knew Ladner and, and knew what they thought he was capable of. So you kind of had a little friction the day it was announced, but the day before the press conference. And I feel like after that press conference, anybody that had some doubts, they were a little more relieved and kind of felt like, Hey, we may be onto something here with Jay Ladner. Seems like we got the right guy. And, and again, this is someone that we pushed for five years ago and as far as i'm concerned it's five years too late that being said the final you know well i know gates didn't really make the final but i was good with gates i was good with adams and obviously i was good with ladner but it really seems like you said after the presser and after um the dust has kind of settled so to speak it really seems like we got the right guy and i'm glad that they went in that direction for sure and one of the things that we talked about on the show last week was kind of an injection of energy. That was something that was desperately needed with this hire. And I kind of felt after that press conference, I kind of felt like it was a, a little more of an injection than I anticipated. I mean, he, he pretty much went in there, was, was a very humble guy, was a very likable guy, owned the room. And, uh, you know, he, he told a lot of stories that a lot of people, may not can relate to, but me personally, I mean, I grew up in Lamar Park. 
He lived on Idlewild. I lived on Sandra Lane, which is a little further back. M.K. Turk lived on Southeast Circle. I used to see M.K. Turk riding his bike around the neighborhood when I was a kid. And then he talked about going to Oak Grove and Miss Katitsky, my fourth grade teacher. You know, there were all these things he was talking about. Wayne Folks. Dude, I got in a fight in sixth grade. And Wayne Folks wasn't the principal yet. And he called me in the office and he's like, which one of you boys was Buster Douglas? Like now, <laughs> now they would send a sixth grader to jail. <laughs> but, you know, all these names he's throwing out, Harry Breland, just the stuff he talked about was very relatable. And of course, I mean, my Michael Jordan as a kid, everybody on the 87 NIT team, you know, those guys are legends in, in my mind. And, uh, you know, and, and, and another thing that I don't really think we've talked about much, and we've got a long way to go to get there, but a lot of the people on the administration now and uh, a lot of people that we've had coach here uh, the past 20 years or so, they don't know what Reed Green Coliseum is capable of. They have never seen a packed house sans Memphis, you know, once a year for, you know, a stretch. They, they haven't seen uh, how loud it gets, how rowdy the fans can get. You know, and the expectations might not be as high as they are for someone who, like Jay Ladner, who, who, who talked about it in the presser. He, he talked about the atmosphere. He talked about, you know, coming in to the arena before the game started with Casey Fisher and things like that. Mm -hmm. So he's going to have a different perspective on this job. And, and I know we've harped on on here about, you know, well, if this is a destination job, you don't want coaches that want a destination job. But I get, I don't get the feeling that he's treating this like a retirement job. Job. He's treating this like his dream job, and it's not just talk. You can genuinely tell he feels that way. Now, whether or not how successful he's going to be remains to be seen. But the energy is definitely there. The want to is definitely there, and the the knowledge of the ceiling we have here is is there as well. All very, very, very good points. And I think, I think the one thing that I would add is that, you know, I think he will just put forth maximum effort just for the reason that he didn't want to let us all down, right? He, um, he's, I mean, yeah, it, it would be as if you or I got the job and, um, and, and we're willing to, and, and, you know, just, or this is, this is who we are. Um, you talk about right fit. And with the last coach, we always talked about it just wasn't the right fit. Basketball knowledge and all that aside, the people that were in his corner have to at least admit at this point, heck, he told us that he'd want to be a head coach. But anyway, um, they would have to admit that, that the fit just wasn't right. And the fit could not be any better than it is right now. And I'll tell you something else. I think that he'll have a little bit longer leash, um, with, uh, with, with everybody as far as wins and losses go. Not, not saying that I'm expecting to have a horrible year next year, but we lost our three best players. Uh, and I think if the new guy comes in and nobody knows him and you don't have success immediately, uh, I think that that can, um, that can turn away some people pretty quick. Whereas I think that Ladner will, will have, uh, a, you know, a fairly lengthy leash, um, with, you know, no restrictions anymore and able to start recruiting his guys right now and, and really get that three to four year, uh, window that everybody used to look at as coaches, you know, you used to hear about that all the time. Like, Hey, wait till his recruiting class gets to be seniors where he can have, you know, his own guys. That's kind of gone away here lately, but I, I feel like, um, that'll be his, I, I think he's got a long-term plan. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I don't see him just coming in straight away, just going, you know, one year transfers and 
fill up on JUCO guys and, you know, and be have to start over in a couple of years. I really feel like, much like Jay Hobson, that he'll have a long-term plan and that he's, he's bound and determined to do it just for the simple fact that he loves Hattiesburg and doesn't want to let us down. No, yeah, I totally agree. And I don't think he would, I don't think he would use a longer leash to his advantage. You know, I feel like he's a guy that seems like he's going to be, uh, you know, like you said, he doesn't want to let anybody down. So I don't think he's going to really use that to his advantage. And I think that, you know, I'm a big Pelicans fan, you know, and when things went south with the Pelicans this year, they started bringing in some other players and bring guys off the bench, young guys. And those guys played with so much effort and it was so much fun that you, the fans that follow the Pelicans were bigger fans of, uh, you know, Kendrick Williams than they were of Anthony Davis, you right. know, just because of how hard he played. So I think if you have a coach like a Jay Latner, regardless of wins or losses, if you see him out there pounding the pavement, if you see him out there trying to generate hype for the basketball program, if you see him out there giving his all and you see that his players giving their all, you're going to be more likely to to be a little more lenient when it comes to wins and losses. They won't really matter as much. Um, you know, ultimately you want to win, but as long as the effort is there, I think you can you you will have a little bit longer of a leash than um you would if it, if it's not there, you don't really look like you care about what you're doing. It's, it's a little tougher to get behind that. It'd be nice if Coach Turk could see all this going down, wouldn't it? Oh man, I, I mean thought- you, you, Jay coming back, and and I know at the presser they mentioned that uh, I know I think Casey Fisher and Alan Chapman were in the house, probably some other ones, um, and of course Spoons right there. I'm, I'm just assuming the Spoons going to be retained, but um, the guys that 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 you coached that kind of helped build the place are are now kind of joining forces in some sense uh to keep it going man that's that's what it's all about that's what Southern Miss is all about I mean a lot of universities can probably lay claim to that but I, it feels like it's more here because it's always it's a um it ain't me it's we kind of attitude you know and and did you think that his that his his press conference his speech I don't you mentioned that it came from the heart and all that, but it, it sounded a, like it sounded a lot like Wendy Hook, <laughs> honestly. Um, just that humble, approachable, devout, hungry, championship-driven type of thing, and and probably a lot of what you know Jay's presser would sound like these days. So, I, man, it seems like we're getting the right kind of people around us, doesn't it? It does, and I think that you know we've only had them in in. in town for a few well, i say even in town we've only had him on the job for a few weeks not even full-time on the job but you know it certainly helps having a, a, a jeremy mclean that uh, you know on board now you kind of feel like at all levels from the mayor to the president to the athletic administration to the coaches you kind of feel like you have some good productive people in place that understand what they're doing here and under, and, and understand um what we need to do to get better and the, the thing that we're missing in all this is, is finances. And we just took a little chunk out of that yesterday. What's your, uh, what's, what's your step number one? If you were Jay Ladner and you just got this job, what, what, what's the first thing that's on your laundry list of things to do? Uh, player personnel. Yep. Exactly. I think right now, I think you gotta, you gotta focus on keeping our good. You got to be in the face of Drain, Watson, Harper Baker, 
uh, and everybody else. And um, crunchy, get, crunchy, get get them all. Just make sure. If, and I really don't think if if anybody was sold on Doc, I don't. I, you know, I think Jay Ladner walking in the living room and talking to you for a second. I think you're gonna be. I think you're gonna buy in right away. But uh, but he knows good, and we've got some good. Uh, we've we've got a little work to do. You know, you lose the best, in my opinion, the best three players on the team. That hurts, you know, and, and even guys like Kevin Holland um, that have been around forever, that leadership, uh, you know, you're going to have to replace that somehow. But, you know, guys like Watson, Crunchy, Harper, Baker, Drain, he's got something to build on right there. And and I, it's 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 going to be really exciting to see who he brings in. But, but yeah, I, absolutely. I, I think we're on the same page there. You, you got to get in front of these guys and, and, and get them and get them. Go ahead. Just settle them down. Hopefully they buy in right away, and uh, and I'm I'm already looking forward to what it, what the basketball team is going to look like next year. And you mentioned the the players, um, Isaiah Jones, a, a former commit of Southern Miss. Uh, I think he committed around a month ago or so, but he's a power forward, JUCO power forward. Um, as soon as he opened up his recruitment again, he started getting offers from all over the place. I think he had like thirty something offers, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but Yesterday he tweeted, "Great talk with Coach Ladner today," and um, I saw a lot of you know Southern Miss people tweeting at him. He was retweeting it, so he he kind of seems like you know maybe that maybe they did have that visit in the living room, and and maybe he is going to stick around. I don't know what his final decision would be. I, I think he had a timetable of um, April twenty fifth, which is tomorrow. <laughs> so maybe we'll know something soon, but uh, definitely good uh, to hear that, that somebody like that that's in that much of a demand right now is um, still kind of hanging on and considering coming back to, to Southern Miss. So hopefully that holds true uh, when all is said and done. And and I think we're in the middle of a signing period right now, so I think he can sign whenever he's ready. Cool. Give me his number. I think that's illegal. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Another thing we'll touch on real quick, the NFL draft coming up this weekend. That's going to be kicking off tomorrow as of this recording. That'll be Thursday on April the 25th. I don't really know if we'll have anybody drafted or not. We had a very, very low number of players leaving this year, which is a, which bodes well for the team next year. Um, we just didn't have the, you know, the surefire draft picks like we've had in the past. We have some players that could possibly get drafted. I don't know that it's expected at this point, but definitely at least a couple of them should sign, sign, uh, sign free agent deals. Uh, Picasso Nelson, you know, he had some interest and, and pro day as well. Pro day this year, the numbers as far as scouts go was a little down compared to what it had been in the past. But if you saw Picasso at, at pro day, he looked like a linebacker. Like he has been putting some serious, serious work in the gym. Uh, I know he had some interest from teams like the Jets. So he's a guy that, that could get a shot. Sherrod Ruff with his speed. Um, Parker Seanfield had some workouts. I know he, he had a workout for the Bears. Um, I haven't heard anything on him in a while, but I remember in the preseason there was a little bit of chatter about Nucci Harris. So hopefully all of these players will get a shot in some capacity of playing football at the next level. Best of luck to them. Um, again, I'm not really sure what to what to look out for this year, but I'm, I'm hoping somebody gets drafted. If not, I'm hoping all of them get their shot. This is the time of the year that you usually go on record with, hey, I don't think this guy will get drafted, but I think that he'll sign with the Raiders. Or something like that. And then it ends up happening. And then they end up making the team. I don't know how you do it every year, 
but uh, I, I'm I, I hadn't heard any I hadn't heard any of those uh, predictions so far. So uh, I was wondering if uh, if you had anything you wanted to uh, lay on the listeners. I I don't have anything. If I had a you know, I think Picasso. I think a couple of them will get a shot. The one that I would really like to see is um, Parker Seanfield to the Bears. The thing is, that kicker position is so difficult to – I mean, it's not like cornerback where you're going to have four or five on the roster. It's it's, right. it's you, you get one shot, and if you don't beat out, if you don't get the starting job, you don't get the job. It's, it's, it's just like that. I mean, I remember them bringing in – when I was in Chicago, I remember them bringing in a kicker from a local, like, NAIA school up the road just to work them out. So – I, I hope I, I would like to see Parker go with the Bears just from a sentimental place with myself, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't I don't really get any of those vibes right now. So I think next year will be a different conversation. But um, you know maybe somebody like Picasso to the Browns or the Jets. I don't know. You know when when you think about kickers in the NFL, it's like English teachers in high school. Like you know I I, I know that uh, I was I was twi- but that's what I got my teaching degree in, and I started looking around for jobs and there weren't any English teaching uh, jobs available anywhere. If I wanted to go like way up in North Mississippi, I could, but I didn't want to, right? I wanted to stay around here, but all of them were taken. You know why? They never leave. Right. <laughs> it's just like the same person. Um, you were talking about it earlier. Like your whatever teacher was his, whatever teacher. And uh, it's, it's the same thing with kickers, man. Those guys just don't retire and they end up like Sebastian Janikowski. Goodness gracious! How how long? I mean, I guess he's still in the league, isn't he? I think he may be out now. I'm not. I mean, Gary Anderson stayed on forever. He was the guy with like yeah. the one bar. He still had the one bar going on. Morden Anderson. These guys just never retire. That's the reason it's so hard to get a job. And Parker's plenty good enough. But you know who else was? Danny Ratman. Yeah. And Corey Acosta. Corey Acosta. I mean, those are guys uh, that you thought were gonna. I mean, and and they got a shot. But, I think I, th- I think I don't think Rapman or Acosta ever missed a kick in preseason. <laughs> I don't think so either. Um, so yeah, it's it's tough, man. I mean, we're pulling for him for sure, but that's just a that's just one that's just it's just hard to 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 get you to get your foot in the door there. It's just hard to to break your way in for sure. And when 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 Parker wasn't it didn't have you know some kind of injury. I mean, he was pretty much dead on, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so best of luck to, to everybody that went out for the National Football League, everybody that showed up at Pro Day. Best of luck this weekend. Hopefully we can, uh, get a couple to speak to us next week on the show. Um, but yeah, very exciting time for these, these young men and, and looking forward to having, a, you know, if you recall what, I guess it was two years ago, you had, I think we had like five signed free agent deals mm-hmm. and, you know, Nick Mullins still with the 49ers. Um, Cameron Tom still with the Saints. I mean, you had a couple of guys that, from that that no, we had nobody drafted, but we have several guys that are making an impact on these rosters. Yeah, well, fingers crossed that it works out, and especially for a guy like like Picasso. Um, I mean, that's a guy ever since he came out of Oak Grove High School that you could just get behind. I don't think he ever made a B in his life while he was here. No matter what he does, he's going to be successful, but. It would be special to watch him on Sundays, and you know we're not going to be able to watch anybody in the AAF anymore. It seems so. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's just it's just one shot here, and and um, and and just you know fingers crossed. Picasso is the type of guy that we could be working for him someday. 
I, I probably will. Well, he'll probably fire me, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk a little Southerners baseball. All right. So, uh, this past weekend, Golden Eagles took on the Charlotte 49ers and it was another sweep for the Golden Eagles. Yeah, started off, I uh, had that doubleheader. You know, it was, it was a weird weekend because because of Easter. So it's supposed to be Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Thursday didn't happen because, you know, we got one of those rains again that always floods my driveway. That's awesome. Um, but, yeah, so Saturday, doubleheader, 14-3 and a 7-1, uh, both victories for the Golden Eagles. Um, then we, we won 8-6 to six on Saturday. I actually went to that game um, and took my family with me, well, most of my family. And um, had a lot of fun, man. It was super windy, really cold. And then, of course, Sunday we're sitting outside at the exact same, same time we were for the Saturday game. And instead of in a hoodie uh, and long sleeve and, you know, jeans on, we're like in flip-flops because that's Mississippi for you. So, um, but it was fun, man. It, it was, it's fun to get back in those winning ways. And and Charlotte just proved to be, you know, just – it, it – uh, the Golden Eagles pretty much just outclassed them in every way the entire weekend. Then last night, so so I was here at the crib keeping up with all the election results, putting that out there. But you were at the Pete, and the Golden Eagles head into that ninth inning down three. And uh, what happened, man? It was great. I mean, it, it was a fantastic night. It, it wasn't the best crowd in the world. Uh, for, for, you know, the midweek games, sometimes you get that. Uh, but I was out there in the roost, um, like we talked about them before, but, uh, uh, Rick Maddox and, um, of course, Mark Maddox, who, you know, Mark Maddox, by the way, is still the leader in home runs in Golden Eagle history. So it's so cool, uh, sitting out there with those guys all the time, but we're also joined by, uh, Matt Walner's parents and Cole Donaldson's, uh, dad. So, and keep in mind, this Ula La team, not only did they beat us earlier in the year in that marathon game, I think they wanted a walk-off home run um, in Lafayette. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure they just swept South Alabama, who always has our number, and I think they beat LSU last week too. So really solid club, but I mentioned that I was sitting out there with Jeff, uh, Cole's dad, and and after, after Walner had the sack fly, to tie the game up, uh, and we all thought we might be going into extra innings. You know, Cole's sitting right there, so of course uh, we're all focused on him, and, and everybody's pulling for him, and just sending as many like positive vibes that way as you possibly could. Then he he hits a gapper, and barely uh, the guy almost catches it, and Fred Franklin comes all the way around from first base to score. You know, his dad's going crazy. We're high fiving and. Um, it was just a super duper special moment, and and that's the kind of stuff that happens at Pete Taylor Park. People call it the magic. Um, <laughs> at some point, there's got to be something to it, right? It's uh, it just happens way too often, and I think there's something to it. I think you know, everybody there is so focused in. Everybody there is just you know uh, sending those positive vibes, and and it just seems to happen more often than not. And I was so glad that it happened to Cole. Uh, that guy has been just beat up, you know, all year. And, um, and it was extra special to be sitting there next to his dad. So that was cool. Southern Miss is now 25 and 13 on the season, 14 and four in conference USA. RPI, according to warrennolan.com right now is at 54. So you'd have to think that at this point, uh, I think 
Louisiana Tech is the only school higher than us in the RPI. Um, unless somebody makes a serious run, this is in Conference USA is in danger of being a one one bid league. No, we we still got 15 games left to go, so there's a lot of baseball left to be played. But um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens these these final few weeks in Conference USA. Tonight, Southern Miss taking on UNO down in New Orleans at 6:30 p.m. Which by the time you listen to this, I'm sure it will be over. And then this weekend, uh, three game series at Middle Tennessee State University. Softball been on a tear, got a little bit of a break last week. Last Wednesday, April the 17th, defeating McNeese State 10 to four, and now they took Easter weekend off. Southern Miss is now 28 and 16 on the year. 11 and 7 in Conference USA. Tonight, uh, which is uh, about four minutes from now, <laughs> they will be, have, they will have the first pitch on the SEC network up at Ole Miss. And this weekend, there's going to be a three game series down at FIU. So best of luck to the softball team this weekend. Hopefully they can keep the streak going. Hopefully they can keep the party going. And, um, I think we're third in the conference right now, if I'm not mistaken. Awesome. Well, they've been on a roll. You know, they've been on a roll the entire month. Um, I can't remember the last time they lost a game. Oh, geez. I hope I just didn't jinx them, which is something that I'm good at doing. But, um, yeah, uh, keep it rolling, ladies. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's fun to see them do good. It's, it's fun for it to happen to, to, to a coach like Wendy and, and all her players. Um, you know, they just feed off of her and they feed off of that energy. And when things are rolling, then, um, then, then everything's going really good. And, uh, and it'd be, it would be really nice to go ahead and, and, you know, put a whooping on Ole Miss. Cause I mean, then we play them next week in baseball too, don't we? Yes, we play them uh, next Wednesday at the Pete. Why? So we can go one, two punch there. That'd be nice. So the ladies can go ahead and start it off and the men can finish it off next week. Well, I think we pretty much covered it for this week. Special thanks to the listeners. We had no guests this week. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter <laughs> at to the top talk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington. Jason at Bumper J Bailey, fake J Hobson on there as well on Facebook and Instagram as well. Got to give some shout outs, shout outs to our friends at college sports, unfiltered.com shout out to our man, Drew Wick slinging the graphics. Jason, what you got? A couple quick shout outs. Uh, number one, I don't know how I keep winning these contests like on Facebook, you know, the ones that you, uh, that you like, like you, it's, it's like and share and comment and post some people's names or some of those things. Uh, I won a lot of those. I don't know why, <laughs> but the other day I saw one one from from St. Michael's Coffee. Uh, a guy named James. He came and uh, dropped off the coffee to me. So um, when I was talking to him on the phone, found out they're humongous Golden Eagle fans. Uh, I think he's already put one through school. His wife graduated from there. He might have. Can't remember what he said. But uh, and then he's got another one that's starting. I think this fall. So they live out in No Grove. Huge Golden Eagle fan. St. Michael's Coffee. Hadn't tried it yet, but it smells amazing. Uh, can't wait to give it a go. And also, real quick, Houston uh, McCullough, uh, the photographer from Southern Miss, uh, emailed me the other day, and she had a couple pictures of my son Jack in, at the uh, Easter egg hunt at the Pete. So she emailed me a couple of those pictures and thought that was very nice and uh, way better pictures than I could take. So those are two quick shout-outs for me. That's, hey, she does a great job too, man. If you follow her social media stuff and what they give her credit for out there, she does a she does a great job. I think we I think uh, we've used some of her pictures. Uh, I think Drew has. So yeah, she's doing a great job. 
I, but, but I, you know, I'm happy with the whole staff right now. Everybody's doing good things. Last for Life 2019 is going to take place on Friday, August the 2nd. Our headliner this year, as seen on Mad TV, as seen on Fox NFL Sunday, as seen on ESPN, Frank Caliendo, is going to be back in Hattiesburg with special guest Keith Alberstadt. It's going to be an amazing show, an amazing night for comedy and for uh, all of our beneficiaries, the International Myeloma Foundation, the Forest General Cancer Center, among others. It's going to be an, another amazing night. This is the fourth time we've done this, and it just keeps getting bigger and better every year. Also, just a reminder, vote for To The Top Talk for Best Local Podcast in this year's Best of the Pine Belt Awards. Voting going on right now at festivalsouth.org. Also, if you'd like to support the show, if you want to, if you want to put a, um, put a commercial out on, on an episode of To The Top Talk, or if you want to sponsor the show as a whole, or if you just want to contribute just as a, as a showing of goodwill, check us out, patreon.com slash to the top talk. Jason, you have any final thoughts before we get out of here? Nope. Let's do it, man. Let's go be UNO tonight, and let's uh, let's get this weekend series up at middle, and um, let's whoop all Miss next week. And best of luck to all to everybody trying to get into the National Football League this weekend. All the Golden Eagles, we're pulling for you, hoping you get your shot. Look for To the Top Talk on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Subscribe. Give us a rating. Give us a review. We haven't had a review in a while. Go give us a review. You got an iPhone. Pull it up. Go go to to the top talk. Give us a little review. If you like the show, tell your friends. If you don't like the show, tell your friends. And as always, Southern Miss to the top.
Ciao.